a Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, Repco Bathurst Daily. It was the night before the Repco Bathurst 1000. No, I can't keep going with that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Hey, it's been a very big week. Slightly soggy week. In fact, very soggy week at Mount Panorama. Will Dale is with me as we sit down. We're just pondering. We're wondering. We are at the night before the great race. There's so many things to consider, but we had a really weird day at Mount Panorama today, the likes of which we actually haven't seen before because we had a shootout. No, we didn't. We didn't have a shootout. <laughs> yeah, it's shootout day and there was no shootout. There was like there was the build up and no big big bang at the end. It was It, it was a shoot shootout less day. Yeah. Yeah. Um we do at least have a pole sitter and a qualifying order. Um, that's helpful. It is helpful. Everyone knows where they're gonna start the grid and Cameron Waters is gonna start from pole. And appropriate name for the sort of weather that we've had up here in recent times. Uh this is a unique one. So Tickford get another Bathurst 1000 pole position, but they get it They get it in a weird way again because Cam had pole in 2020, COVID year, barely anyone here to see it uh, with their own eyes, watching on TV mainly. Yes. 2019, Chaz Mostert is in the record books as the pole sitter because Scott McLaughlin, who physically started from pole in the day, uh, was excluded in the aftermath of that event for all the reasons that we now know. So we have another weird Tickford Bathurst pole position for the third year out of four. It's funny to think that like Tickford have actually been right at the pointy end three out of the four times. It's mm. that that stat has very much snuck up. It's and to think that it's been that long since Triple Eight were on pole position because of course the the other one out of that sequence of four years was Chas Mostert last year for Walkinshaw and Dreddy United and I actually can't off the top of my head think of when their their last pole position was. Was it twenty sixteen with Jamie? Sixteen, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. They, they haven't been reigning pole positions at Bathurst over the journey. I mean, it took Wink up until twenty thirteen. To win one, mm. to win a pole at Bathurst. So, it's been a, a bit of an interesting one. So, if you haven't caught up with the action today, the rain, uh, it wasn't too bad a day to, to start off this. To start with. We got some dry running and then the rain really set in. And then, of course, chaos for the support categories with last time I looked out the window, two out of six or two were on there, well, virtually crashed into one another <laughs> and on one another in some way, shape or form. And then Super 2 canned, Carrera Cup canned. In the end, shootout canned as well. So it was a bit of a, a deflating afternoon for on-track activity. But the reality was the, the water that was around, and it's not just the rain today. It's been wet here for quite some time, and months, of course, really, yeah, months really. I mean, it's very green because that shows you just how it's been in mm. recent times. And I, and I know there's going to be people saying, "Well, you drive to the conditions." That's the operative word, Will, drive. You couldn't drive on that in a race car. No, if, if, the, touch, to- if the tyres aren't touching the tarmac yeah, exactly. because they're floating on water, you're not driving, That's you're not floating. Driving. Correct. Yeah. You, 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 you're just fluking yeah. if you're making it round. So, look, it's one of those unique things. We've, I feel like we've had more weird weather instances in the last couple of years, not just supercars, but in motorsport in general in recent times. Maybe it's the way of our world and weather, who knows, but- um, Bathurst always gives us something new and different. And for the first time since 1977, we did not have a shootout. But it's not the first time um, since then that we've had a shootout but not had a pole position out of it. Yeah, this one's a bit hard to explain. So, in 1988, so the year after the whole World Touring Car Championship debacle, we actually were part of an international championship, kind of. So, it was called the Asia Pacific 
or Pacific Asia to I always say Asia Pacific, and you always correct me to Pacific Asia because I think that's officially the title. It's what it's what was written. The logo was written as. Um, but <laughs> what if someone knows? did the logo the wrong way around? I said, look, it's entirely possible. It was Visa. <laughs> so. For 1987, they were able to stick, keep some of the traditions for the Bathurst 1000. Standing start. Standing start. And the Hardy's Heroes Top 10 Shootout, as it was called at the time. For 1988, the local organisers, the ARDC, lost the battle on both fronts. So, instead of a standing start, we had a rolling start. And we also had a top 10 shootout or a shootout, but it did not was not allowed to count towards grid positions. It was only for prize money. And we should talk about that, too, because- it was kind of like the um, butcher's shootout. There, there was a but- It was like there was stuff going on everywhere. It was all <laughs> weird. So, it wasn't a top 10. It was a top 12. Hmm. Uh, they plucked cars not from the top 12 fastest cars. They sort of plucked them from everywhere because they had to get Brock in because he was in a BMW. He, w- he was 16th after yeah. qualifying. So, <laughs> so they he definitely didn't qualify. Uh, they used the old, um, what was it, the promoter's option where it was the eight fastest cars plus two at the promoter's discretion. And um, I think ninth was going to be Larry Perkins. And Larry said, hang on a second, I'm supposed to be in this, formally protested and was allowed to take part. Well, George Fury took part, but in Glenn Seaton's car, he didn't even use his own car. So, oh, yeah. just one of those. And that's the one that Gricey, of course, took off down the bottom of Conrod and ran down the escape road to try to get a run up to- All sorts of weird lawlessness, so, yeah. Yeah, so Klaus Needswitz ended up being the- um, the fastest man in the shootout, however, Dick Johnson started from pole because, of course, he'd been fastest in qualifying. So, just another quirk in the history of the great race. Um, three days of running over the last few days. The boys have been bringing you these episodes from here at Mount Panorama uh, over the last few days. It feels like it's been so busy for anyone in the paddock, anyone who's working in the sport. I think it's been great that if we're back to a full normal Bathurst because I've seen plenty of Kiwi fans, lots of Greg Murphy, Richie Stanaway gear getting around. Uh, lots of people from interstate have missed, you know, whether it was one or two years because they couldn't come the first year and the timing of it was no good last year. There, there is a buzz around the mountain again, like we remember from the great race pre-COVID, even though it's had a bit of a dampener. I reckon the other thing that's really caught my eye too, Will, we'll talk on track in a minute and the grid mm. and all that stuff. The Harris Park merchandise area, like there's a concert stage, that's never been there. There's a bar, that's never been there to that level and size. They've changed it up a bit and it's bringing it into line with what you see at the Grand Prix and Australian Open and some of that stuff. They've taken a couple of those little learnings and just made a little destination area for the place. Well, having the live band there, the last two days- They were that playing we when out, we walked out of the track that's the exactly, last That's exactly what I was about to say. Like it gives a bit of bit more liveliness than especially on the, the dreariness the last two days have been. It's fantastic. I, I really hope that that, um, that that sort of sticks around for the next couple of years because, or for the f- immediate future because it's, it's a fantastic addition to the atmosphere of the event down the bottom. Yeah, right. There were still people in the bar when we left the track tonight and uh, <laughs> they were having a hell of a time no matter what the, what the, the oh, thing was those, going on outside. Those three people on the dance floor were having the absolute time of their lives. <laughs> carving it, carving yeah. it, carving it. Now- uh, tomorrow's weather, we're expecting more dry than wet is the way that the Bureau is predicting things. But Which ironically is what Garth Tander said a couple of days ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. We should listen to Garth then. We should. Oh, okay. He has been the fastest man around the mountain this week in a Garth- supercar. <laughs> Garth said that a lot apparently as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny that. I don't think he's going to- uh, 
hold back with that. Now, overnight, Supercars and the Bathurst Regional Council are going to do some work uh, to try to safeguard from flooding. So they're going to do some work around the track. Of course, this is not a racetrack. Yes, it's a racetrack, but it's a public road. There's driveways. There's properties. It's not a normal scenario like we would have at a, um, a permanent racetrack facility. So this is a bit of a unique one. So they're going to do a, a bunch of stuff. And, and Shane Howe, the CEO, there's a press conference actually at the track before we left today um, with himself, with James Taylor, the race director, and Adrian Burgess, the head of motorsport for supercars. They're going to do some work overnight, try to make sure that the drains are relieved from any debris and stuff like that that could be clogging things up and making things a bit more difficult. Um and trying to do some t- cut some temporary drainage in some spots as well to just help get that water to get away and give us a, a real chance to. I mean, the exit of turn one, even like you, all the oh, you mean Hell Lake? The, yeah, yeah, it was like the, the Hell Corner Lake. It was unbelievable, and it's just you know we're, we're, the shot on pit straight of all the water dissipating across on the outside of where the car would be running towards turn one on race line. So just one of those days, another oh. one of those. Days that you'll go. Remember the day that. <laughs> remember that the day like- that. Remember the day there was a river flowing down through the dipper all the way from the top of Skyline. Yes, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I well- was there, not physically there. I watched it from the safe, dry, <laughs> dry expanses of the media center. Now, we saw a little bit of running today. So, we've got a little bit of dry running. So, we saw co-drivers and main drivers get an opportunity for similar track conditions. So, we've got a little bit more of a guide of who might be where in the grand scheme of things. But I think tomorrow's going to be about having your car be the right thing for when that weather's the right thing at the point of time that it really matters at the end. So, nice to have a wet car for the bits that it's wet, but it's not going to be a good bus to have for the, the run home. So, let's have a look, though, at the way that the grid is. And, of course, if you were listening on Friday, you would have got the order, but <laughs> it's been a while ago. So, you, you need the, the refresh and the update. And there's been um, a couple of elements here that have, that have come to light. So, Cam Waters and James Moffat are going to start from pole position tomorrow. We've, we've kind of covered off that scenario. Lee Holdsworth, I felt sorry for Lee. It's his final year, full-time driver. He misses out on his last Bathurst shootout. That's rough. He was so looking forward to having that one final lap of Bathurst all to himself. He talked really, really glowingly about what that experience was going to be like yesterday after the qualifying press conference. And, yeah, sadly, um, Mother Nature quite literally rained on his parade. So, we've got the scenario where his co-driver, the rookie Kiwi kid, Matt Payne, who's Super 2 driver, I can't see a scenario where you put him in for the start. Certainly not if it's wet. Um, I don't necessarily think they'd be averse to the idea if it was dry, though. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's just putting him in a position where, well, there's not much to gain there. There's not much to gain. Well, sink or Interesting, swim. <laughs> but if they back him and he's going to be there next yeah. year, so it's, uh, it's an interesting one, but I think you need- I know it compromises you a little bit over the course of the day, but with the way that the weather's going to come in and out occasionally, you're not going to have a clear, clean run all the way through if you start your co-driver as per the the normal plan. So, anyway, we'll see how they roll the dice. Chas Mossett, Fabian Coulthard, they're going to start third, but Richie Stanaway, Greg Murphy start fourth. They qualified fifth, but, of course, they move up a spot. Shane Van Gisberg and Garth Tan have been moved back to seventh. There's a lot of Boost Mobile 51 merch getting around. There's lots of Kiwis there. Could, could Car 51 finish on the podium? I I didn't even ponder this coming to Bathurst. I can't help but not think about it now that we're here. (sighs) The Kiwis would tear the joint down. Oh, yeah. Uh, Look, 
Richie's been very fast in the wet. No one since since he since he started delivering the lap times on Friday morning when it started raining. No one's questioned his pace in the car when it's been wet. However, all this wet weather running has come at a cost of not having dry weather running. Dry weather running. And, of course, Richie missed out on a lot of dry weather running with mechanical issues the car had on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I'm just- I'd have a question mark over the pace of this car if it's dry in the final stint. If it's wet, look out. Yeah. But if it's dry, I'm just not sure whether they're- they're quite quick enough. And they're also in the position they're a wild card. They're a composite crew with Triple Eight for the Craig Lowndes, Declan Fraser car. It's a bit of a combination of crew. A lot of really experienced people on both cars that have been at the top end of the main game pit lane in previous years, particularly at Triple Eight. When you look at the people who are wearing um, super cheap auto shirts this year who mm-hmm. previously have worn better electrical shirts, Vodafone shirts, Red Bull shirts, they have been sprayed in champagne many times in those shirts, all of those people yeah, in that garage. So- that's always a consideration, I think, too, when you've got those combined crews for the wild cards. The Davos, Will and Alex, P5. Will's been fast in the really drive. He's, that car's looking really good, and he looks to have had the measure all weekend of Anton Di Pasquale. Which, given those two prior to the race, we were expecting they'd be probably the close, the key candidates who might have to double stack and that potentially compromising one or both of the car's races at various points. Um, that's very good for the, the for the brothers Davison. Yeah, because last year it was the other way around because P- De Pasquale remembers on the front row with Tony D, they're going to start mm. 11th tomorrow. Yes. So, um, that puts the Davos, well, it leaps a hurdle, <laughs> not yes, being, yeah. having to do the stacking hurdle. Uh, Nick Perkett, Warren Luff, can't help but feel something's going to happen here with this car because Luffy, we know, six-time podium finisher. Nick Perkett knows his way to the podium as well. The signs have been good. The graph's going up for car number two at a place where he traditionally has had some good runs. SVG and Tanda, they're seventh. Doesn't matter. They can win it from there. No problem at all. I worry, though, mm-hmm. James Courtney Zane Goddard have drawn P8. Well, not drawn it. <laughs> they got it. Yes. It's unlucky. No one's ever won from eighth in the history of the great race at Bathurst. You don't want to start eighth. Well, the thing is- James Courtney's also never won the Bathurst 1000. Do these two things well, cancel could, could, themselves he out? He could take two things out in one hit. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think of it that way. No, no, no. I like the way you think. This is very <laughs> good. This is very good. Um, and, and amazingly, just the other way around, the Erebus cars were 9 and 10 last year, mm. not on speed, but because they got wiped from the shootout, this time around they're 9th and 10th on speed, but they've swapped sides of the grid. <laughs> Brody Kostecki, Dave Russell, 9th, Jack Perkins, Will Brown, uh, P10, Deep Pasquale Dalberto, 11th, we mentioned. Andre Heimgartner and Dale Wood have both shown dry weather speed to be P12 uh, in the R&J Batteries, Brad Jones Racing Car. I like what I see there. I like the build-up. I like the speed both guys have shown. Dale Wood's back to proper health. He wasn't last year when he drove car number eight as the co-driver. Mm. As much as the romantic story for the Kiwi side of it is Richie and Murph and the you know, that's kind of the heart call. The head is Van Gisbergen. Heimgarten is a bit of both. Yeah. Because there's the Brad Jones racing element here. The team that's never won the race. The team has come so close. The race that Bradley desperately wants to win. Desperately wants to win. Oh, I, I reckon this is the best build-up they've had in terms of a combination of car speed and form leading in. They've had speed here 
Fabian Coulthard. When they put three cars in the shootout, what year was that? 2014. 14. When Dale Wood was one Lead of the driver yeah. of one car. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the race, it just all just pff, fell apart. Yeah. But I like the build up here. I mean, it's been rough though for 96. Macca Jones, Jordan Boyce, they've been in the fence, in the sand. They've had pretty much everything go wrong that can go wrong. They're back, what, P22 and the other car, Bryce Fullwood, Dean Fiore is P24. So, I've got a few cars a bit further back on the grid that we haven't really got a – that qualifying run wasn't fully indicative of where they might be tomorrow. So um, that's insurance. James Golding too. He's going to start 13th with Dylan O'Keefe. That subway car looked all right earlier in the week. Did say prior to the weekend he was out to win it or bin it. And um, on Thursday he was very fast. Definitely had – just on raw pace, the potential to be at the front of the field. Yeah, and they're going to start alongside Brock Feeney and Jamie Winkup in 88, of course. Brock uh, didn't qualify. Jamie Winkup took over that car, and it didn't really change the scenario for things as it all played out. But lots been said about that, but I haven't read as much into that as the other people have. If you've got an asset in the garage and a guy that was just faster than the other guy, put him in. Why not? They've they've voted with confidence with Brock. He's it's not like he's driving for his future next year. He's done a good enough job this year. One qualifying session to sit out when Jamie takes over the car, it's not the end of the world. Uh, as as both Connor and I said on this podcast yesterday, it's not a good look for the team. Do you think it's a vote of non confidence? Well, Jamie could quite easily have said no. He's the guy. He's the guy. Simple Let as him that. do it. Yeah. Because yeah. Jamie, we should put it, Jamie didn't make the call. The no. team made the call and he agreed. Yeah. He went, okay, well, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. But he is the team principal. So, he could say no. Could say no, <laughs> but he chose not to. And rightly or wrongly, the car will start 14th. Yep. Um, behind, next row of the grid, 15, Thomas Randall, Zach Best. They missed a bit of running today. Uh, they had to get down and- What were they trying to do inside they had the a fuel, They had an issue with a leaking gasket in the fuel cell. And they cell. had to get in through the back to yeah. get to it. So, yeah. that caused them a bit of grief. Craig Lowndes, Declan Fraser, 16th. I reckon they're ticking along okay. I don't, uh, the grid position doesn't probably correctly indicate where they're capable of being. And clearly today, when you're not on the shootout, I mean, Lowndes was running around in eights. Um Clearly race runs. Clearly all hmm. about tomorrow. Roland's not silly. No. Can't imagine they used any fresh rubber on those no. runs either. No. And Declan Fraser's showed a bit of pace today as well. So, I'm quietly confident about them. I reckon they're a top five, top six car at the end of the day. I think, yeah, I think that's entirely fair. The thing is, we discussed the fact that they're sharing a boom with the Boost Mobile wildcard. Um, well, they're far enough away on the grid too. That's also a little bit grid, of help. On the grid, but at some with. point, yeah, they may cross with, over. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Kostecki's 17th, Jake and Kurt. They've had a rough They've had weekend. a rough run. I think the only car that's had a rougher run is the Cool Drive car, Tim Slade, Tim Blanchard. Yes. They have had a shitter of a mm. week so far. But how many times do you have a crappy one and Sunday- gets a little bit of sugar and a bit of sparkle and it works out. Sometimes that does happen, but sometimes it goes the other way. They just have not – they couldn't take a trip this week. No, and poor Jake copping the $10,000 fine for passing under red flags at the end of practice four yesterday really was the cherry on that cupcake. And then in the fence today, yeah. and the Slade Blanchard car damaged a, an air jack at one point. You know, well, of the all air, things the air jack damaged the car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, of all things to happen, like how often does that ever happen? That's yeah. – that's a, a really weird one. Uh, remember, there's 28 cars in the, the field this year. Um, Dave Reynolds, Matt Campbell, 18th. 
we just pondered this before we started recording. Since Dave had pole in 18, the year of the cramp and the, the lost opportunity to win, he's not made the shootout since. Mm, that's fascinating. A guy that we know is quite, is very good at qualifying a car, has really good yeah. one-lap shootout skills. But um, I look at this car and I feel like it's one that's kind of obviously out of position based on mm. the practice pace of both Dave and Matt Campbell. That car's been that car was the only car on f- on Thursday that was in the top five in both sessions. Matt Campbell was quick in it today, so was Dave. It's a if if you can pass tomorrow, which we've seen is an issue at Bath- at recent Bathurst one thousands with uh, cars struggling to follow other cars across the top and get close enough to attempt passes. Um, if if you can make passes tomorrow, then watch out for that car. I would think that one's going to be one that's going to be moving up. I can see that car moving forward, but I can see the Holdsworth car moving back in the dry. Can't see car 10. If it's wet, I reckon they're all right. But if it's dry, I don't think there's the pace there to be able to- Lee was top 10 in the dryer in the last dry session this morning when they were doing Mm. all their simulation runs. Yeah, I just can't see it. Well, we talked about this in the lead up. You don't know what you're going to get with those Grove cars. It could be boom or bust. It's exactly. really, it's really hard to tell. But hey, it's intriguing to know. Uh, Todd Hazelwood, Jaden O'Jada, they're going to start P19. Quiet run so far. Not apart a- from um, Todd putting it in the fence. Oh yeah, in the fence today. Yeah, but Turn they two was from a that. Yeah. exclusive club. There was a few people parking in there, and um, <laughs> it didn't look that exclusive it, at one well, point. Well, at one point it was. Yeah. Um, it was um, very inclusive of a bunch of different cars, all at different times. Scott Pye, Tyler, Team 18, they have not fired a shot this weekend. Scott no. Pye, Tyler Everingham at 20th, Mark Winterbottom, Michael Caruso, 23rd. I spoke to Robbo today and he was saying, well, you know, it's about, you know, Winterbottom's throwing it. Like he, like he qualified 20. That's the worst he's ever qualified for the Bathurst mm. 1000. And he is absolutely throwing it. But the thing is, too, when your car's not as good as the cars down the pit lane, not doing it easily. You can step on it and go right to the edge. With this thing, when you're trying to just get that time out of it, it's not a nice thing. It's going to be tough for them to do much, but maybe they can make some hay when the sun shines or the rain falls is what I was trying to say. I was trying to do a smart line. It's been a long week, mate. It's been a long <laughs> week. The brain is probably ready for bed ahead of tomorrow's race. For, uh, for, for any Team 18 fans listening that are hoping, oh, could could this – could something magically turn around? We have seen instances of cars making take or of teams taking big setup swings overnight, and it just happens to work out. True, you never know. You mm. never know. Uh, Chris Pith at Cam Hill, twenty first, Coca Cola Commodore, uh, Macca Jones, Jordan Boys, I mentioned twenty second, Frosty twenty third, Forward twenty fourth, Jack LeBrock, Aaron Seaton twenty fifth. I felt so bad for Aaron today. Yeah. He's done a really nice job the last few days, and he was just too wide to the left going towards the S's and. Couldn't control it, and the thing went straight off and hit the fence hard. So hopefully that hasn't knocked his confidence around uh, too much, and he's good to go for tomorrow. Uh, Matt Charter, Jalen Robotham, pretty quiet, out of trouble, doing a nice job. Had a bit of a steering issue today at one point, and I think Matt Charter might have got Shane Van Gisbergen's eye of just kind of being slightly in his road when he came across him. Um, I'm not sure if that's an Ampol Caltex thing. I'm not too sure, <laughs> but um, they're going to start 26th and 27th. Jack Smith, Jackson Evans, and Tim Slade, Tim Blanchard is the field of 28 for tomorrow's race. It starts at 11.15 a.m. Uh, local time, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings time that we're, we're now in. Um, forecast is for some showers, but minimum of 7 degrees tonight, maximum of 15 tomorrow. And do you know why I know that 
that information will. You, you looked like you were looking down at something. As I you am. Were, were you reading something? I am reading hot off the press. My fingers are burning. It's the <laughs> 2022 Bathurst 1000 Castrol Edge grid card. The tradition of Mount Panorama returns this year. The V8 Sleuth team has been entrusted by Castrol this year to put this together. It has just arrived in our hot little hands here at our house in Bathurst to have at the track tomorrow. How do you get one? Do you know how do you get one? I don't. Could you please let me know? I can let you know. Uh, the BP activation point in Harris Park. So, if you're walking in that main gate at Mount Panorama, the Repco trackside stores to your right, as you just walk in that pass there on the left, you'll see it just near the concert stage that we talked about a bit earlier on. So, that's where you can get your copy of the Castro Edge Bathurst grid card. It's a tradition that dates back to the late 1970s. It's got all 28 cars with a photo, with the driver's names, with uh, the lap times. Um, it's a real collectible item. They've been produced for uh, many, many years, and the tradition continues um, this year. So get your Castro grid card tomorrow morning at the track, Sunday morning from the BP activation zone in uh, Harris Park. So uh, it looks pretty cool too. It really does. Yeah, great job by the team here um, at Mount Panorama to produce that in such fast time. From the time that I sent the file to the time that we got it was three hours. How good's that? So that, that's an exceptional service. Yeah, it looks amazing. Job. No, it looks fantastic. Quick cover off for tomorrow morning, of course. Main race 11, 15 a.m. will, but there's a bit of support category stuff to go before that. Super Utes kick it off, 7.25 a.m. Supercars warm-ups at 8, Toyota 86s and Porsche Carrera Cup are next, and then uh, the main race at 11.15 a.m. tomorrow. So um, there's a bit of support. I hope these support categories get some races in after dipping yes. out a bit today because, um, I mean, Super 2 we should cover off too. The race today didn't even start. They canned no. it, and it was, it was a no-go. Yesterday's had a couple of laps before there was a safety car. It finished that way. So they've effectively had one race officially, which – didn't would have had what twenty k's of racing if that, if that yeah um, Zach Best won the race scored the points wins the round by virtue of being that one race winner so he stood on well he stood at the podium today so he did um, but he was, did unfortunately miss out on a chance to try and claw more points back on championship leader Declan Fraser by he, not having today's race occur yeah yeah so it could have gone the other way though too but it's um, true. Uh, one round to go for Super 2, Super 3 in Adelaide. But we saw something. We've got to cover this off. In Super 3 today, young Kai Allen driving the Eggleston Commodore VE. So, Super 3, the older generation cars. Um, after Super 3 cars qualified on their own, Super 2 cars went out in their own session afterwards. And, of course, the times are combined. He sat at the top for ages. He sat third overall for ages. They bumped him back late in the piece. But when it all washed out, he was on pole in Super 3 by how big a margin? 5.02 seconds. <laughs> just, just, just a minuscule. He, pi he pipped P2. Uh, it's a bit more than a minuscule, mate. That's seriously a massive skill. It's That's, almost double the previous record. I think the previous record was at 2.2 or something. Nash Morris over Michael Anderson last year. Yeah. Um, but that's that's nuts. It really is. I can't think- When in any car race has the pulse have been on pole by five seconds? Not in this decade. Oh, not in a couple of decades no. recently either. Well, I can't think of a category where that would have happened. No. It is worth noting also that um, Kai's chief rival in that series, Mike, um, Brad, Brad Vaughan, Vaughan yeah. tagged the wall. Did you nearly say outlet. Michael Vaughan? I did nearly say Michael Vaughan. I didn't Vaughan. know you were such a cricket enthusiast. No, no. Who, who, I certainly didn't know that either. <laughs> um, but Brad Vaughan tagged the wall on what was supposed to be his first flying lap of the session. He'd actually made a mistake at Hell Corner and was just cruising around and- 
just was caught out by a by a bit of water on the road and slid into the barriers, and that was the end of his session. Bang! Yes, that was. But, also, but the cancellation of the race means that he mm. does not lose any ground. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's plenty of legends wandering around at Mount Panorama this weekend. Colin Bond is here, the 1969 winner who regularly uh, hangs out with Charlie Schwerkholz' Team 18 squad. Uh, Freddie Gibson, 1967 yep. winner. Freddie's here getting around as well. Saw him pop up on the telecast just lurking around in the background of the Hino <laughs> Hub with Larco today or he yesterday. Had, I'm not he, sure had on, he had his head in, under the um, under the XU1 Tirana. Tirana, yeah. He's only 50 years too late to find out the secrets, but <laughs> <laughs> better late than never, I suppose, too. Uh. Um, something else, too, that, that came up this week. It's on our website, v8sleuth.com.au. Um, great job by you, Steph, and Connor. The whole team been producing plenty of stories, and Shane's been punching away on the stats as well um, to keep our V8 Sleuth readers fully up to speed of what's going on here at Bathurst. Something we came across earlier in the week, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it the last few days on the pod, but perhaps some of the most rarest Bathurst great race vision has emerged that I'd never seen, and I'd like to think I've seen my fair share of Bathurst vision over the years. But honest, if you haven't seen it, then it has definitely been unseen because you've, you, of course, found a lot of the various things within the Seven Archive that have since come to light. But um, highlights of the 1963 Armstrong 500 was not one of them. No, and this is from the Race Day Channel 7 telecast. This is not the movie tone no. documentary style, you know, and away they go, you know. It's mm. it's actually from With all how- sped up vision. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how it aired on the day. It, uh, a big- well done to Channel 7. Um, if you go to the 7 Plus app, by the way, we're not on the take with Channel 7 here. We just wanted to tell you about it. If you're looking for some late night, early morning uh, motorsport viewing to get you right in the great race mood, they've put up a whole stack of stuff from 63 to 72, um, f- race highlights, some of the doco stuff from that era, um, and that 63 race, which I've never seen before, never seen in the archives, never stumbled across the title in a search somewhere or anything. There it is, about 32 minutes worth of uh, highlights from that race which is i think it's a four camera maybe five camera coverage like we've come a long way oh yeah and uh if you do watch it you will almost certainly recognize one of their pit reporters on the day um ken sparks yeah ken sparks who so many of our listeners will remember the late ken sparks from his work with channel nine particularly in the 80s 90s wild world of sports and he spent many years uh, working on the grand prix tv crew as well at Albert Park at the Australian Grand Prix. So, yeah, there's some familiar faces and um, familiar voices and some very slow-moving cars in <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the 63 uh, Armstrong 500. So, check it out, 7+. plus. Um, you can stream all that stuff. There is a channel that's streaming it in order, but you can go and pick what you want to watch along the way, which I just thought that was a pretty cool thing that our listeners who are of motorsport history mind would uh, like to know about and be all across. I was a little sad today too, Will. Mm-hmm. You know when you see really beautiful, wonderful cars dinged? Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. This was hard to watch. Well, I'd like to think that the 1985 Bathurst winning Jaguar XJS V12 is a very valuable car. But it's great that its owner, Mike Roddy, gets it out and races it. Mm. It's not so good when I look up and I see a story on our website. I didn't get to see the race. And there is a photo of this car in the wall at turn two, damaged. And the last time I saw it at Sandown, it was damaged as well. Oh, was it? Yeah, last year. Oh, dear. Mm. That is not ideal. So Points to Mike Roddy for getting this car out and giving it a run. And and despite um despite the accident had at Griffin's Bend on the first lap of Green Flag running, he um he pressed on and he finished in eleventh place. Well, why not make it happen? 
Bring it home. Bring yeah. it home. When you've got 12 cylinders, you've got to use them all, don't you? So, I mean, Gossie brought it home. He did. He was rocking and rolling around in that thing to make it there, but he managed to bring it on home. But uh, it's cool that a Bathurst 1000 winning car is racing. I mean, we see it in Super 2 over the years. They've kind of been used mm. a little bit, but it's pretty rare that a Bathurst 1000 car competes some years later in a Bathurst 1000 support race. That's mm. a bit rare. It would probably also be unusual that a Bathurst 1000 winning car crashes at Bathurst many years after its victory. <laughs> We've had a theme with this too. The last couple of years, the car that wins the 1000 has already been sold. Has already got a new owner ready for it for when it's finished its racing life and the current team has finished using it. I can't help but think tonight that there's some people who've already done deals on Gen 2 cars that are in the race tomorrow mm. who are just quietly praying, hoping for a win tomorrow because it puts their car up a couple of hundred grand for sure. Well, imagine if it's one of the past two great race winning cars. Well, that's the other point too because if Van Gisbergen or Mostert win, we've talked about this in the lead up to the race, mm. uh, two-time winners, it'll be the third, whichever of those cars does win, if they do, the third two-time winning car, which is well, that's rarefied air that Brock and Scaife are only in. Absolutely. And it's a feat that only Commodores would have achieved to this point, or only Holdens would have achieved to this point. Yeah, well, well, yeah, Commodores. Commodores, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, we're talking about the 82-83 winning car. was the same car. 01 and 02, the Scaife cars were well, car, not car. cars. Yeah. Um, same one as well. So, let's see what happens, whether it's Shane Van Gisbergen's 2020 car or Chas Mossett's 2021 car. Um, a little thing too, for anyone who's going to the track tomorrow, in the Repco Trackside store, uh, Dick Johnson, John Bowers, 97 um, Shell Helix EL Falcon. So that's the livery that the, the DJR cars are running this weekend. It's on display in there. So go and have a bit of a look. I know people love having a look at all the great cars. National Motor Racing Museum tomorrow too. Go and have a squeeze. The Repco 100th anniversary car displays there. And a cool moment today. Kim and Rodney Jane, uh, we saw the museum put this on their socials, reunited with that, uh, Repco Chevrolet Monte Carlo that Kim ran, uh, to four titles. And of course, Rodney was his teammate. He drove the sister car in that time. So that was cool to see as well. It really was. It's, it's a era of Australian motorsport. A lot of us look back very fondly on and reunions like that are nice. It's nice that those sort of things can happen at, at the Bathurst at 1,000. Now, the plan has been for the, a lot of those cars that are in that display to go out and do a parade lap tomorrow at about quarter past 10. I'm not quite sure the current scenario on that. If it's wet mm. during that point, I think you can pretty much say that that's probably not going to happen. But if it's dry, there's some of those cars that are going to go on the track with some uh, cool pilots who are going to drive them as well. So, fingers crossed that happens in the morning. We're looking forward to seeing how that all unfolds. Um, what are you looking forward to most? I mean- it's always exciting. It's always interesting the night before a great race. What are you looking forward to most when we roll in there at whatever time in the morning? I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a result we don't expect. Whether upset, that's a, upset winner? Whether it's a winner or a podium finisher or a top five, just something we, we weren't expecting at the start of the day. What about something we weren't expecting a couple of weeks ago? I'd take that. Okay. That's good. That's good. I'll, I'll, I'm just winding back the clock on how far we can go back in our timeline <laughs> of what's, uh, what's a surprise and what's not a surprise. But uh, can't wait to see what unfolds tomorrow. It's good that we're going to have a, a fair chance of, of some dry running. I mean, it's not mm. just going to be wet all day. It's, it probably makes it harder for the teams when it's changeable, but it's more fun for the viewers and for everybody who's at trackside keeping an eye on having a great race. Um, if you're not here, if you can't be at the track – of course, the coverage is on Channel 7. It's also on Foxtel through Fox Sports and KO as well. But, of course, uh, the V8 Sleuth website, 
pumping plenty of content uh you're running the live updates blog as well over the course of the race so if you can't get to a tv or you can't take it with you you can keep across everything that's going on at mount panorama over the course of tomorrow and then of course next week plenty of follow-up content and on wednesday for those who might not have heard earlier in the week Mm -hmm. the next episode of the v8 sleuth podcast powered by repco it's larco time (laughs) it's larco time this is going to be good fun I've already had a sneaky listen to the episodes. It's We're all in for a treat. Let's just say I sat there, Larko talked, and I let him go. <laughs> and away you went. It's a good combination. Great combo. It's the first of two parts with Larko over the course of the next few weeks. So we thought even though Bathurst's over, we'll keep the good stuff really rolling, roll, roll it right through to the Gold Coast course he likes to remind everybody that he won there in 1998 he likes to remind neil crompton that he beat him in 1998 <laughs> or that neil's car beat himself when yes. it broke uh, when he's driving glenn seaton's car but um yeah larco it's good value it's definitely good value um hey mate we're going to go to bed we're going to get ourselves uh our beauty sleep we we have a big day everyone has a big day tomorrow wherever you're watching i've got to say too quickly if you've been at the track camping in the mud in the wet, in the sloshy grass, points to you all. Motorsport mm. fans are the best in any sport. I mean, AFL, NRL, they've got some hardcore fans. But they get seats to sit on. Sometimes they're inside stadiums that have got roofs. Sometimes the only time they get wets when they walk to their car. Our fans were in it all day, every day over the last few days. And the lines for the autographs at the I mean, Craig Lowndes' line to the garage, even when it was teeming with rain, didn't break. It was no. still there. It was amazing to see. It, it The autograph sessions started when it was still just lightly drizzling. And then, as you said, it absolutely unleashed and the line didn't change. It still was very long. It is the power of the lounge. That's True. what it is. That's what it is. Hey, we're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, look forward to a big race tomorrow. We'll have another episode to wrap things up. Tomorrow night, if we're still awake, it's uh, it could it could be out to, on Monday morning. It might be a Monday morning, but we'll see how we go. We'll we'll do our best. We uh, we'd like to definitely try to wrap things up. Um, the Castro Motorsport News podcast next week uh, with the boys, with Stefan and AVL. Um, thanks too to everyone who came along to the Ox last night to come and see us. Um, have a few beers with a few listeners, and it was great to, to meet some of the people who've been listening to that pod over the last. Uh, well, well we're, are we pretty much due for twelve? Pretty close. close. All right. Cupcakes it is. Everyone, (laughs) all around, all around. Hey, everyone. uh, Will, thanks again, mate. Great to catch up with you on another great race. Second year in a row we've done this. I think that's a tradition now. uh, It's definitely one I'm keen to continue. All right. Let's do it again next year. Let's go to bed and get ourselves ready. Uh, Everybody, enjoy the race tomorrow, wherever you're watching it, however you're consuming it, whoever you're watching it with. Um, Let's hope that it's a, a safe one for all concerned, and we will chat to you very soon. Enjoy the great race of 2022.